section 43 of the golden gems of life this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver bc the golden gems of life by emory adams allen and s c ferguson section forty three honor man of honor what a glorious title is that who would not rather have it than any that kings can bestow it is worth all the gold and silver in the world he who merits it wears a jewel within his soul and needs none upon his bosom his word is as good as his bond and if there were no law in the land one might deal just as safely with him to take unfair advantage is not in him to quibble and guard his speech so that he leads others to suppose that he means something that he does not mean even while they can never prove that it is so would be impossible to his frank nature his speeches are never riddles he looks you in the eye and says straight out the things he has to say and he does not unto others the things he would that they should do to him he is a good son and a good brother who ever heard him betray the faults and follies of his near kindred and with his friends he proves himself true and will not betray the trust friendship imposes on him and with strangers you do not find him too curious about the affairs of others or too eager to impart information accidentally gleaned by him real honor and esteem are not difficult to be obtained in the world they are best won by actual worth and merit rather than by art and intrigue which runs a long and ruinous race and seldom seizes upon the prize at last clear and round dealing is the honour of man's nature and mixture of falsehood is like alloy in coin of gold and silver which may make the metal work the better but it embaseth it honour like reputation and character displays itself in little acts it is of low growth anciently the romans worshipped virtue and honour as gods they built two temples which were so seated that none could enter the temple of honour without passing through the temple of virtue thus symbolizing the truth that all honour is founded on virtue he whose soul is set to do right finds himself more firmly bound by the principle of honour than by legal restraints much more at ease when bound by the law than when bound by his conscience he who is actuated by false principles of honour does not feel thus true honour is internal false honour external the one is founded on principles the other on interests 
the one does not ostentatiously proclaim its lofty aims it prefers that its conduct and actions demonstrate its purposes he who is moved by false honor is constantly worried lest some one should doubt that he was a man of honor he is so busily engaged in sustaining his reputation against fancied attacks on his honor that he finds but little time to devote to the exercise of those acts which a fine sense of honor would impel him to do such a one may be a libertine penurious proud may insult his inferiors and defraud his creditors but it is impossible for one possessed of true honor to be any of these honor and virtue are not the same though true honor is always founded on virtue honor may take her tones and texture from the prevailing manners and customs of those around us this renders her vacillating unless allied to virtue which is the same in both hemispheres yesterday as to-day when honor is not founded on virtue she becomes essentially selfish in design and is unworthy of her name she is then unstable and seldom the same for she feeds upon opinion and will be as fickle as her food she builds a lofty structure on the sandy foundation of the esteem of those who are of all beings the most subject to change combined with virtue she is uniform and fixed because she looks for approbation only from him who is the same at all times honor by herself is capricious in her rewards she feeds upon air and often pulls down our house to build our monument she is contracted in her views inasmuch as her hopes are rooted on to earth bounded by time and terminated by death but when directed by virtue her hopes become enlarged and magnified inasmuch as they extend beyond present things even to eternal in the storms and tempests of life mere honor is not to be depended upon because she herself partakes of the tumult she is also buffeted by the waves and borne along by the whirlwind but virtue is above the storm and gives to honor a sure and steadfast anchor since it is cast into heaven End of section 43 Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C.